Hello and welcome to the Sports Unite podcast. We are here for one of the best times of the year, coming to you from Center Ice at Mullet Arena because it was available and open. We are giving you the NHL 2022-23 season preview. We have some of your favorite uh, cast members back here. Uh, Charles, welcome back. Always good to be here. Let's get ready to drop, drop the pocket. We got almost 1,300 games to deal with this year. It's going to be fun. And we have Paul. Hello again. Thank you for having me. And in the back, so graciously cooking us dinner uh, from the kitchen in Mullet Arena, which is conveniently on the student section. They planned it out that way. Uh, Kenzie. How's it going? I'm still up north, and yeah, it snowed again today, so we're not getting away from it. But hey, it's hockey season, so it's appropriate. It is uh, just a time of full of hopefulness, uh, outlook, uh, excitement, because all 32 teams theoretically are in it, except San Jose is kind of behind the eight ball right now because they're uh, last in the division, but that is because we had our European series games and everyone else begins on Wednesday. So since we are all fans of Eastern conference teams, we might as well start in the West, but before we break down each division, what are some of your goals or, uh, you know, highlights of this past off season uh, that got you thinking of hockey during the summer break? Well, just a simple fact that uh, now, you know, Eastern Conference reference again, uh, the Ottawa Senators actually had their best offseason probably in franchise history since they were granted the franchise. Um, you know, I'm living here in the nation's capital. I'm a Habs fan, but there's been nothing but nonstop talk about the Senators all summer long. And it's been nothing but positive, which outside of the Stanley Cup final run in 07, I don't remember ever happening in the city where there's been nothing but positive vibes heading into a season. Oh, the so, summer of Pierre. The summer, it, the summer, the summer of Pierre Dorian, uh, minus the injury that we'll get into to the Cam Talbot, uh, it went off without a hitch for him. He hits home run after home run after home run uh, in signings and locking people up. So that kept hockey very much in the forefront here in our nation's capital. Summertime World Juniors for me. Um, it was held in Edmonton and so close to where I'm at, where I'm at, a couple of flights away. Um, just looking at all the prospects that were available and playing that summer, uh, you know, good World Juniors kept hockey in the front of my mind and Montreal picking first. Yeah, honestly, I mean, for me personally, it was all the signings that I did the past while and everything like getting through in particular was like, Oh my God, crazy. And uh, I could just sell the excitement and everything in the area for sure was definitely uh, something that hadn't been seen in definitely a good long while, at least for me personally, that one uh, run they had until uh, the pens broke them a few years ago. I mean, that was the most excitement I had seen from the Sens in a good number of years. So that's definitely, definitely it for me. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you guys uh, hit it on the nail. I mean, there was an excitement in the air for Montreal picking first uh, in many people's lifetimes for the first time. 
and just the suspense and then this to some people's surprise uh of the outside pick for number one uh but montreal seems to have fallen in love with their with their european man and i mean summer of pierre even being so far away from uh the city you felt it all over it was the talk of the town uh Summer World Juniors, we were there covering it. Uh, definitely atmosphere, even though it was August, which felt a little weird. But Canada winning on top. Uh, now, we won't touch on any of the um, litigation or anything happening with a certain uh, hockey organization. Um, but I'm sure that might uh, come to play when we talk about World Juniors in a couple months. Um, but... It's, it's finally here. And let us start off with maybe, uh, no, we'll save that for, for our, uh, our halftime, if you will. So we will start off on the Western side. We will go farthest and then in and then in and then farthest. Geography, that makes sense. We will start off with the Pacific Division. And now uh, each division now is evenly matched with eight teams. Uh, so three of those will get in, uh, potentially a fourth or a fifth with a wild card, uh, depending on how good or crappy your division is. So in the Pacific, we have Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, LA, Seattle, Vancouver, Vegas, and San Jose already in last place <laughs> what are your guys's thoughts of the pacific division going in very top heavy for the pacific division uh they've got two top end contenders in calgary and edmonton they showed it last year calgary surprised everybody myself included by winning that division i didn't think they were going to be that good they went through a off-season turmoil that all pretty much in terms of overall upheave blocked out the Senators in terms of what they did. Uh, not often can you lose two 100-plus point players who are also 40 goal scorers and replace them and still look like you have a chance to contend. You lose Johnny Hockey with a very confusing move to Columbus. I don't care what people say about it, it's being closer to home. New Jersey is closer to home. It's where he's from. He should have gone there or Philadelphia. That's a, that is a whole can of worms there is why he chose Columbus because they're not even close to contending. Um, then you lose Matthew, Matt, then you have Matthew Kachuk come and say, listen, I'm not signing long-term here, guys. I don't feel it anymore. So you trade him to Florida, and you wind up getting a guy who scored just as many points as Goudreau, plus a guy who's going to play on your top four defense in Mackenzie Wigger. And then you go and sign Nazem Kadri to be your second-line center, which, in essence, actually lengthens your team. It may make them deeper up the middle, which – it's kind of their problem against the Edmonton Oilers. So their defense is stronger. Their forwards are not quite as top heavy, a little more balanced there. Hard to see them as not still being top contenders in that division. They still have the uh, Jacob Markstrom in net. So they're going to be there barring a massive collapse, massive amount of injuries, which we'll probably say that a few times tonight here, the Edmonton Oilers. Well, they're going to go as far as Connor and Leon take them. McDavid, I think he's primed for a 130-point season this year. He has been getting stronger and stronger as his career goes on. Like 
we're still wowed by what he does. Although at this point, I don't know how he surprises us anymore, except that he just pulls more stuff out of his bag, like Clark Kent in a phone booth kind of thing. But uh, the Oilers did a hell of a job, uh, you know, getting goaltending short up. Their defense might still be kind of questionable. Just and then that's like, can it actually hold up to the, the grind of a postseason rigor? But they're still very, uh, very loaded up front with two of the best centers in the NHL. LA coming off a great season. They're prime. They got picked up Kevin Fiala from the Minnesota Wild. Sort of Minnesota dealing with some cap uh, compliance penalties there from uh, buying out Suter and Parise. Those badly, badly thought contracts years ago. So they had to give up a guy who scores 30 goals and 80 points. Sucks to be Minnesota. So Kings, I, I see them doing just nothing but greater things. Quinn and Byfield, um, Adrian Kempe, the guys have had a full season underneath their belts. They're going to be that much better this year, that much prepared for the grind, rigor, uh, physically, mentally, the rigors of an NHL season. Uh, after that, though, it kind of falls off in my mind in this division. Vegas, forwards are great. Defense is not bad. Can't take anything away from them, but then we're going to say this about one other team in the Eastern Conference later. Goaltending is their big question. Robin Leonard's out for the season with a hip injury. Not going to play at all. So you've got a bunch of nobodies in that. They don't have anybody who's capable of, of going 55, 60 games. So the goaltending might sink them. Might be the first year we say that Vegas is going to have a bad year. I mean, they started out so well, going to the Cup Finals their first year, playoffs, playoffs, conference finals again, losing to Montreal there in the, the pandemic season. So, but they're, I, I don't like Vegas' chances right now. If, they, if they'd had Robin Leonard, I liked them. They were going to be a force to definitely be a wild card team at the, the very least. But this year, I'm uh, whew, not liking their chances. San Jose. Anaheim, Anaheim's rebuilding. They've got great talent coming through. Mason McTavish, uh, Trevor Zegras. They, they, they've got so much young talent there that they will be great in a few years' time. They're not there yet. They'll be entertaining to watch. They'll be competitive. They'll fall in, in some sort of range for a lottery pick, but I don't see them getting number one. They, they won't be that bad. Phoenix, and that's all I'll say there. Arizona, they're just, yeah. We're just kind of segue past them because we all know what's going to happen there with a nice little 5,000 seat stadium. That's all we need to say about them. But uh, yeah, I see this being a very top heavy division with three teams, Calgary, Edmonton, and LA. Maybe if Vegas catches lightning in the bottle with their goaltending, they'll make a wild card run. But uh, yeah, San Jose, Anaheim, uh, Phoenix, they're not going to do very much this year. They're going to be kind of there, but not there. One thing I'm going to say is with Vegas is watch out for that goaltending issue. I don't think it's as big of an issue as people think. Now, he didn't play a lot last year, but Logan Thompson was the goalie. And he played 20 games. He was 10-5-5. Five, and five. Not bad. The team there isn't bad. If they can hold it together and he can catch, like Charles said, lightning in a bottle, I think they can go pretty far. Logan Thompson's young. He's 25 years old. But again, he's going to have to be able to stick out what he did last year for 60 games, 70 games. 
if he can do that, Vegas is people think. Jack Eichel's there. He's going to help the offense. Petrangelo is there again. I think another year in that system, he moves forward. He doesn't, he's not as bad as last year. I give Vegas a shot at a wild card at best, but not a top three spot. Um, Edmonton, Calgary, enough said. They're going to be awesome. They just are. They're both deep. Um, and I feel like they're, they're going to go places. Vancouver is going to take a big step, I think. LA is going to take a step backwards just because of the skill that's injected. I know Fiala's there. I don't know if that's going to matter. They're going to, they're going to go as their goaltending goes. John Quick, Jonathan Quick caught that lightning in a bottle last year, and he was good. Cal Peterson wasn't. Can Quick replicate that? Can Peterson be better? You know, I'm, I'm on the fence with L.A. Really am. Um, San Jose, well, they're young. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Seattle, I'm interested to see how Beneers does. Full season, I'm interested. Um, and they are young team. They are, you know, they are an expansion team. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm interested and kind of excited to see how they do. And, you know, as Charles said, well, Phoenix, Arizona, whatever they want to be called. Enough said. Yeah, pretty much. I'm uh, kind of preaching to the choir here and everything. Though I'll just say like just a couple of handful of things uh, regarding some of the teams and everything. Like for me personally, the ones that I'm wanting to look out for, um, at least in the Pacific, um, Edmonton for sure. I mean, their run, even though they got steamrolled in that sweep against the Abs, I mean, finally they made it far with the core that they have, at least for this net, at least for this time being. And you just know that now with a full season, everything that they'll be want, they'll they have revenge on their minds. So I'd be, Oh, I can only imagine the tilts that them and Calgary will have as well too. After last year as well too. I wish it went to the full seven. Honestly, it was so much fun. Sorry. I got a little excited there. It was, what can I say? It was a fun series. <laughs> oh, it was, it was. Yes. I hadn't seen anything like that in so long, honestly. Anyway, um, other ones I can think of, um, I'd be really curious with Vancouver and everything. I mean, they did have that big turnaround once uh, Boudreaux came in onto the bench and everything. So, I mean, and, you know, of course, pretty decent. And also, I'd be really curious about how uh, big of a step they'll take. And same with LA, too. I was real surprised when they took, you know, Edmonton the seven. Uh, I Honestly, I kind of thought maybe five games they win get a pity win maybe or something but no they actually gave them a pretty decent run and even with some of the remaining pieces that they still have in your thing particularly like with quick and all i mean you know like would he be able to replicate that i mean that is a big what if so i definitely get that but otherwise i don't know like give him a chance um <laughs> san jose oh i feel so bad for honestly i really really do the amount of chances that they did have i mean my god they were right in saying that it is like watching charlie brown try to kick football so <laughs> and uh yeah yeah those are the main ones that i can really think of otherwise the rest it's pretty much preaching to the choir here per- uh, particularly well, with arizona my god with that arena <laughs> anyway i digress I want to touch on LA just for a second. I think there's there's a name you guys I think are forgetting. He was hurt most of the last season. He was he was 
looking pretty good. He got hurt. Didn't really play the same. Didn't, I don't think he played again the rest of the year. Or if he did play in the playoffs, he was a shell. It's Drew Doughty. Don't forget, this guy is pissed off. And he, he said over the summer he was pissed off at how much time he missed because of that, of that injury. And uh, when Drew Doughty gets pissed off, I want to run the other way. I, I don't care how big I am. Uh, I, I don't want to be anywhere near a, a pissed off Drew Doughty. So I think, honestly, that the Kings, I mean, he, him and Kopitar are the voices in that locker room. Yes, there are other people who have a lot of experience there, but they're the, they're the, the leaders of that locker room, them and Quick. So I think that they're going to – you'll see five, ten games out of the season. That they'll, you know, be, they'll be learning to, you know, getting their legs underneath them a little bit, but they're going to take off. And I, I don't foresee any major problems barring injuries for the LA Kings. I don't think that – I don't think that was a flash on the pan for them. I think it was just a sign of things to come last year. Uh, Vancouver, I didn't touch on them in Seattle too much. So, no, I, my bad. I'm a little surprised they kept JT Miller. Surprised they got him signed to that contract. Thought he was going to be dealt. Uh, the one thing that we have seen, though, when a new coach coat takes over midseason, um, and I may be chinxing this for my Habs based on what we did last year, when a new coach comes in, preaching a new philosophy, new way of doing things, they always have that uh, new coach effect, and they do great. But it's hard to carry that momentum over into the next season. So that's going to be a question. Can they keep that high-flying pace they had under Boudreaux for what, what the, the 55, 60 games they played with him. Can they keep that pace going for a full 82? If they can, yeah, we're talking wildcard spot for them. Probably maybe sneaking into the top three in the division. Maybe. But wildcard for sure. Seattle, young kids coming along. Matty Benier, Shane Wright. looks like he's, Shane Wright's going to be starting with the, the big club, it looks like. Haven't heard anything to the contrary. And I was scouring the wire today looking for it. So looks like he'll be staying. So youth, youth in full swing there in Seattle. Philip Grubauer definitely looking for a bounce back year from him in Nets. And they'll be better than they were last season, but they won't be talking playoffs yet for another year or two in uh, Seattle. I mean, yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up uh, pretty well. It's, it's, the races between the two Albertan teams, Calgary and Edmonton, it's, uh, I mean, right now, you know, what you're going, you're going to get with Edmonton. Um, but with Calgary, with some of those pieces gone, although you just gave um, one of the best soundbite coaches ever uh, a contract extension. So there's going to be even more, wonderful news conferences with uh, a Sutter uh, involved. Who doesn't love Sutter? After a hardworking summer on the farm, he's come back, uh, tractor and all. Um, and yeah, it's going to be that that unknown third. Does LA hold it? Because I mean, Kopitar and Dowdy and Quick, they don't have too many more seasons definitely together. But in general, they don't have too many more seasons. They are banged up. They are on the older side. Uh, you know, they have won cups. So now they're just in it for the love of the game and to teach the new generation, in a sense, with the, the, the byfields and, uh, you know, that generation that gave them that step that no one saw coming last year. That being said, 
Vegas can be sneaky. Um, maybe Vancouver. Uh, people seem to think that they're on the up. Um, if they stick around, that's the thing. If you stick around after 60 games, those last 22, it can come down to that. So if you have a good first 60 games of the season, anything can happen in that uh, last half, last quarter. But I don't think Vancouver's there yet. I think it's going to be a race between Vegas and L.A., uh, and we can talk wildcard teams uh, after we're done the whole West side, but um, yeah. So what are our, who are our predictions? The top three uh, let's, let's put it on the record so we can come back in April just to see how crazy we were on one October evening full of Turkey. I'll go first. Um, I got Calgary winning the division barely over Edmonton. Um, coming in third, I have Vegas. Just I'm I'm high on the goaltender, and I have him in my fantasy pools. So little shameless plug. <laughs> All the um, fantasy. All the fantasy. And the LA Kings taking a wild card spot. Well, I will go on the record as being uh, like the opposite of you, Kenzie. I have the Edmonton Oilers squeaking out the division just by a point. It'll come down to the last day of the season by, by one point over the Calgary Flames. They'll go one, two, and I've got L.A. staying three. So the same three teams as last year, just a slightly different order. Uh, and I actually have the Vancouver Canucks competing for a wild card spot. And funny enough, I pretty much have the same uh, same idea as you, Sir Charles, there. Uh, I pretty much have Edmonton. I really honestly think that they got revenge on their minds. So I think, they're gonna, I think the division's going to be theirs. But, I mean, Calgary's definitely going to give them a run. You know they will. And, I mean, they got revenge on their minds, too, against them at least. So, I'd see, see uh, you know, Edmonton first, Calgary second. And I honestly think, you know, Vancouver will make that step forward and get in this third. And um, Or actually, no, 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 no. Sorry, L.A., L.A. Sorry, sorry. Um, and then, of course, Vancouver with wild card. Sorry, mix that all up. I'm definitely, definitely feeling the turkey. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> What a night to record. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone talks about a pregame nap. This is why I have my pregame nap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah. No selfie going number one to five in the year end, you know, last year we were going five to one. <laughs> but, but Sorry, yeah. Sophie. Love you. But yes, sorry. Just to say again, Edmonton, Calgary, Los Angeles, Vancouver. That's what I'm going for for top three in wild card. So there we go. I think it's it's Edmonton's to lose. Uh, I think they're just on a path. And um, those Battle of Alberta games are going to be events in the province and probably country on TV. So I think it's Edmonton, Calgary. And I'm going to go Vegas uh, just because I think some of those core pieces in L.A. are going to get hurt again, unfortunately. And I, I think that's going to take them out of the running for, for a top three um, and put them in a battle for a wild card. 
which it, you know, those injuries, you, you can never plan for them. You can never, and that's going to, that can make or break a season. Uh, so trying to pick when an injury is going to happen, that's a little strange and you never hope for it. But so that is our top three standings of the Pacific. We will shift a little Eastern and go to the central division. Uh, Central Division houses teams like Nashville, Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, defending champion Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. What are our thoughts on the Central Division? I think we can probably all agree who's going to be basement dwellers. So it's going to be a division of six. Um, But uh, what are your thoughts on the Central? Well, it's really Colorado's to lose. Uh, Nashville got all they, – they, they did good. You know, picking up Nino Niederreiter, uh, keeping Philip Forsberg. Everyone thought he was going to wind up going to UFA. They wound up keeping him. So Nashville is still strong. They've got a tank in the net in UC Soros. He just, he just can't get hurt right before the playoffs because they got nothing behind him. You could tell right away against Colorado. They like With Soros in – it might have been a bit of a battle. It might have gone five or six, but without Soros, Nashville was just a doormat for the Avalanche last year. Um, so yeah, Colorado's to lose. Nashville will give them a fight for their lives all season long, though, for that division title. Uh, do not sleep on the Nashville Predators. And we all tend to do that sometimes. We forget they're there. We forget how good they can be. Their defense is strong. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, none of us have ever seen a season like that since Brian Leach, what Roman Yossi put up last year. So like, we're talking Brian Leach's heyday of the, of the early to mid-90s was the last time we saw something like that. Um, Minnesota, very interesting there. You know, their team is going to be cap-constrained now for the next few years. They're not going to have a lot of flexibility. They said goodbye to Cam Talbot. They said, hello, Marc-Andre Fleury. We like you more. Uh, so does Fleury have enough left in the tank after such a long career and a lot of miles on his body. Does he have enough to lead them past at least one of those two teams in the playoffs, whether it be them, the Predators or the Avalanche? You figure if Minnesota's going to go far, they'll have to go through at least one, if not both of those teams. So can they? do they have enough in the tank? St. Louis, they're not getting any younger. Tarasenko is not the, the, uh, the show stealer he once was. Uh, they're they're looking a little, I don't want to say thin, but they, they don't strike fear in anyone's heart like they did 2017, 2018, 2019, 20, you know, 2020, where people were like, oh, shit, watch out for St. Louis. Can Jordan Bennington, now that the crease is once again his, that Billy Husso has been shipped off to Detroit, uh, can he recapture his form? A lot of questions in St. Louis. Uh, and we'll, we'll get the answers over the first 40, 50 games of the season whether or not the team can sustain any kind of success or not. Yes, we know Chicago's there, and uh, the only question in Chicago is, by the trade deadline, is Patty Kane and Johnny Tate still in, in Blackhawks jerseys, or for the first time in their career, will they be wearing a new one? That's the only questions we have there. We know the, the Blackhawks are going to uh, – well, we had to fail for nail. We had all those other uh, fun slogans. Now we've got Hunter Bedard this season, so – that's what they're looking forward to. That's the only thing they have on their minds. Uh, you got Dallas. 
man, I cannot figure that team out for the life of me. Are they good? Are they not good? Is Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan still? Do they still have? Uh, they still have it. They still have that presence, or are they just a shadow of what they once were? Is Jake Robertson the real deal? Is Ottinger the real deal in net, or was that just a flash in a pan season for for both of them? So, I, I don't know what to say on Dallas. I, I don't really know what I've got in Dallas. You got something. You got something in your hands there, but they have no identity. You know, Colorado, the identity is relentlessness. They're just relentless on the forecheck, relentless on puck possession, relentless all over. Same with same with Nashville. Every successful team has an identity, and Dallas doesn't have that. So I don't know what I've got there in the Lone Star State. Same goes in Winnipeg. There's discontent among some of the stars. We all have heard the rumors about Pierre-Luc Dubois wanting to go home to La Belle Province and play for the Montreal Canadiens when his contract ends there. Uh, the question is, do the, the, the Montreal trade for him early, or do they, do they just simply wait for him to hit UFA and him and for that to be like one of the most anticlimactic signings we see? They don't have the tower powers on defense anymore. You don't, you don't, you're not struck by any kind of fear or trepidation trying to cross their blue line. You don't have six foot eight Tyler Myers and six foot six Dustin Bufflin. Connor Hellebuck did not look like himself last year. Can he rebound? Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, especially Wheeler, how much more do they have left in the tank? They can't carry the load the whole time. Nick, Nikolai Ehlers can only do so much. Uh, you know, Cole Perfetti is going to be a decent prospect, but can the Jets be enough of a success to turn him into a, a successful NHL star? Again, a team lacking identity. I know that Rick Bonus is now the coach there, and he's going to probably be more of a defensive-minded coach, not going to, not so much run and gun. You didn't see that in his time with Dallas. Anytime Dallas got into a, uh, a track meet, they got their asses handed to them. So, again, Dallas and Winnipeg, two decent clubs, not much of an identity that you'll find there. Um, so I, I, I see the Central is very much kind of like the Pacific, very top-heavy with a couple of contenders and then a bunch of what do we have and then something in the basement. Do, do we see anything else different than that? A little bit. Um, Nashville, I think, is going to be good. They won their first two games over in Prague. Preds in Prague, can't go wrong. Um, I think they'll continue. They're going to be a good team. They're always a good team somehow, kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball. They're just somehow good all the time. Um, Winnipeg, I'm a little confused on Winnipeg right now, but I think some stuff today. Rick Bonus is employing a high-tempo defense, which is going to be great for some of those guys. Um, Mark Shifley, Nick Ehlers. Like Wheeler, even to an extent, it's going to be good for them. They're going to just be allowed to fly around and score. Colorado, we all know what we're getting. There are some injuries in Colorado. There are some subtractions. Losing uh, some cadres kind of big, in my opinion, but I don't think it's going to slow them down too much. Minnesota is going to be good. Kaprizov, again, another season there. He's going to show why he's one of the best players in the world. I've always had him as one of the best players in the world, by the way. Um, even before he came over to the NHL, he was hyped and he delivered. Chicago, yikes, yikes. Um, 
the meme that I saw that everybody will appreciate was their depth chart. And it was Kane Taves blank. <laughs> That's how bad it is in Chicago. Lucas Reichel was actually there as a second line center. That past that, it was blank. So enough said there. St. Louis, I think, is going to be sneaky good again. They do have some young talent. Buchnevich, Jordan Cairo is, I think, going to take a step. Rob Thomas is going to take another step. The defense is a little bit older, but I think they'll be able to hold things. Tarasenko does get traded, though, I do think, in a surprise move. Hmm. Coyotes. Yes, hot take. Um, Coyotes, I mistakenly put them in the Pacific, but same point, yikes. Um, This is going to be an interesting division, I think. A lot of these teams are closer than the Pacific, um, but I still think there is a clear order to how they finish. So, yeah, let me just see with uh, basically – yeah, I, I would I would argue again. I mean, not argue. I would basically say that it's definitely Colorado's you know division to lose pretty much. I mean, what a run that they had. I mean, personally, I wasn't expecting them to go as far as they did personally, but I can't say I was totally surprised. And I mean, oh my god, such a fun little run and taking down Tampa as well too. That was so that was something. So definitely, there's there's to lose for sure. Um, who else can I really with, with the wild one uh, particular player I'd be really really interested to be looking at uh, develop with them is uh, Marco Rossi I absolutely loved him with the 67s and much like with say like uh, Nick Suzuki with the Habs and Easton thing. like once I saw that they got him I'm like ooh, he's gonna be a good firecracker uh, often offensive wise so definitely be really really interested in seeing him and of course I do think the team will be pretty competitive and whatnot um st louis nashville you know i could see them both being in the hunt and everything particularly nashville i'm sure they'd like to you know put the past behind them after that one sweep against well funny enough colorado so (laughs) and uh st louis i think yeah i could see them being a little sneaky good as already mentioned as well just you know watch out for the water bottles and all that um (laughs) (laughs) yes i went there (laughs) gotta love him gotta hate him i know i can't i honestly like who throws a water bottle honestly anyway it's just like who throws a shoe anyway uh (laughs) (laughs) um dallas and winnipeg yeah i'm kind of about the same i'm got question marks for for them both like what are we gonna see with them particularly dallas like i almost feel like the one uh oh the one final they went to just a couple of years ago and everything like just feels like it was just such a flash in the pan and everything granted the year was topsy-turvy enough as it was so just makes me think that it might be unless they do step up so yeah definitely a question mark same with winnipeg as well too um who else who else was chicago well i mean yeah we we are we already know they're not going far or anything things are Still not really all that good looking over there in Chi-Town. So, yeah, yeah, no, no. But, yeah, honestly, it's Colorado's my my personal opinion for theirs to, to lose. Well, the one thing that uh, I, I want to maybe circle back to Winnipeg, Kenzie, you're saying how uh, Vic Bonus says he wants to play more high-tempo hockey. I don't see how that works for them. 
They don't have a defense that can keep up on a high-tempo game, and that means you're going to be leaving Connor Hellebuck hung out to dry on more than one occasion throughout the game, where you're going to see a lot of two-on-ones, three-on-ones going back the other way if the, if the play doesn't work out. Uh, I think that's just too dangerous for Winnipeg to do, given how their roster is constructed. Winnipeg of 2018? Hell yes, that could work. Hell to the yes. That team was built for high-tempo hockey. They just got beat by a better team in Vegas than in the playoffs. That was the only, the only thing that stopped them. But damn, that team could have gone. Winnipeg today? Sure, offensively it's going to look nice and it'll keep asses in the seats, but damn, I don't see that being a good long-term idea for them. I just don't. You're not wrong. I just, I put it out there because it's something I read, but I didn't take into consideration the defensive aspect of Winnipeg. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. We know who the top two will be. It'll be Colorado and it'll be Nashville. Uh, Nashville quietly got better. Um, But of course, when you are in the same division as the Stanley Cup champion, not a lot of people are going to pay attention to what you do because all the focus is on the celebration. Then it's the third that gets interesting. Can Winnipeg make it work? Maybe. Uh, can Dallas make it work? Maybe. You know, those that middle section there is in that third spot is going to be up for grabs. And depending on what happens, we could see two wildcard teams come from the Pacific if someone hangs around because uh you know the middle section here is is a big question mark even for for third place um you you know it's all the attention is going to be on the top two so it's hard to say where the next three teams will be and what coverage they get and uh that's that's the interesting thing. Um, you know, I have some, we'll do bold predictions uh, kind of later on, but yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a six team race or six teams, you know, Chicago and Arizona are hot messes and they'll be at the bottom. Who's going to be after that in the sixth spot. Yeah. Six, six to three is going to be uh, those teams are going to be fighting. Um, so I think we all have a consensus one, two, um, but for everyone else, who is your third, uh, into the playoffs? I'm going to say St. Louis just because if Jordan Bennington finds that form, they've got the edge over everybody else then because they're faster than the Minnesota wild and they play a better structure system than both Dallas and Winnipeg. So I, I give St. Louis the edge for number three. Minnesota will just sneak in as a wild card team, I think, but they're going to have to hold off either Dallas or Winnipeg. I don't see both teams being good enough to compete, but one of them is going to be knocking like, right on nipping at their heels all year long for them. And even Vancouver, who I have as a wild card team in the Pacific, uh, as an entry there. They're going to be nipping at the heels of those two teams all year long. And it's going to be a three-team fight down to the final two days for two playoff spots in the wild cards to situation there in the West. But 
barring a massive setback to St. Louis, I don't see them losing. Uh, I don't see them being dethroned. I think Minnesota's taken too far of a step back, having to send away a 30-goal scorer. And while they still have a couple of decent ones, I don't think they have enough to replace that. Yeah, I agree with that. St. Louis is my third, um, just because they they haven't gone anywhere. The young guys have taken a step forward, hopefully. The older guys hopefully don't regress. Bennington plays well all season. I don't think they go anywhere third place. Um, because I picked a wild card team in the last division, I am picking a wild card this, this division. I do think it's Minnesota. Um, the young players take a step, Matthew Boldy especially. And yes, agreed here as well, too. I'd say it's unanimous, possibly. Uh, definitely St. Lou for third for me. Uh, you know, everyone's all still intact for the most part, and we all know with Bennington, particularly in playoff form and all that, so can definitely still see them as third. And uh, yeah, Minnesota, I can see them taking as well, card myself. I'll uh, definitely, again, I'm really interested with Rossi and good number of the others that'll be uh, developing with them and everything. And they'll, uh, they'll be getting that spot. Yeah. It's across the board. Um, I see St. Louis getting that third and it's, there could be a wild card team. There could be a, a you know, a, a Dallas or a, a Minnesota maybe, but I could see two two wildcard teams coming from uh, the Pacific, especially if LA uh, does stick around and fight for that third. Uh, you could have a consolation uh, wildcard because that division is going to be bananas uh, in the comparison of the two. Uh, so, yeah, wildcard teams. Seems like people are picking one from each. Um, who do we think are going to be wild card one and two? Well, I can't. Well, I think most of us have said Vancouver is good enough to be a wild card team. Can they sustain the momentum? That's going to be their question all year long. We've all all of us agreed that Minnesota is good enough to be the wild card team coming out of a central division. But there are three teams behind them that are going to make it an interesting race: Vegas, Winnipeg, and Dallas. And on the I'll say that the biggest dark horse would be Seattle. Just because if Grubauer has a bounce back season, they'll be good enough. But really, it's a five-team race for two spots. Um, we've talked about when we discussed it, Winnipeg, Dallas, just don't know what their identity is, just don't know what they have there. Do they have a bag of gold? Do they have a bag of, puck, a bag of pucks? What do they have? Uh, can they figure out – can they put it together? Can they figure it out? Can they actually do something with it? Uh, I see this time being it's a 4-4 split, four teams each division. Um, Minnesota will take wild card number one. Vancouver takes wild card number two. Congratulations, guys. Your dates are going to be with Edmonton and Colorado. Congratulations. That's going to be a great season for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way they have playoffs is just so cruel. <laughs> I mean, I look at, you know, as we get into the East and everything, I look at the Leafs, you know, last year and everything. Oh, 100 points? Oh, you're playing the back-to-back champs. Have fun. <laughs> honestly, it's a meat grinder, honestly, the cup playoffs, honestly, honestly. Yeah, um, I agree. Minnesota gets the first one. I had Vegas as a wild card from the Pacific, so I think they get wild card two. Um, 
but yeah, good luck with whoever you meet first round. <laughs> That's not going to be fun. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, yeah, for me, uh, Minnesota gets uh, one wild card spot and Vancouver the other for me. I am going to go. I'm going to go LA Vancouver gets the wild cards. Wow. And I will, I will save one glaring team missing for my bold predictions. We are halfway through. We've covered the Western conference. Uh, Do you guys have any thoughts on the hall of fame class of 2022? Biggest thoughts are is just that for some of the guys going in, Bobby Lou, Daniel Alfredson, um, you know, fans uh, here in Ottawa, it's the the talk about that about, about Alfie is that yes, they're going to go to the game that day. Everyone's sticking around because they're going to televise it on the big screen there at the arena. So that's a talk there. Um, long overdue for Daniel Alfredson. They had there's a there was a lot of there's a lot of good classes that went in ahead of him, but long overdue, great player, Bobby Lou. Fell just short of a cup ring, one game short. I feel bad for him, but he did save the the, the 2010 Olympics for us because God knows Marty Berdur did not start out well that tournament. Bobby Lou saved it. Um, had a couple of great saves there in the uh, gold medal game against the United States. So great careers, great people. I had a chance to meet both of them throughout my uh, my travels. Just simple class acts, and I could sit and listen to them talk about anything. Albertson's a big champion of mental health here in Ottawa. Bobby Lou has his own uh, philanthropic uh, stuff he does down in Florida still. I could listen to them talk about that for hours. They're just so captivating as people. They have great charisma. They are they take time with the fans, which is something that not enough athletes in my mind really understand how important it is to connect with your fans. Let's just take two seconds of your time and talk to them. Um, I mean, I, I could tell a couple of Alfie stories that I have about how nice he is, but everybody listening here who listens to our podcast in this great country of Canada knows how, how nice of a man he is. So just the best honors for the best people in my mind. Yeah, no, I was real thrilled to see Alfie get in. I mean, even, you know, um, back in the day when I can't remember him playing or anything, like, you know, it was always just from what I gathered and everything, even someone, you know, near like Leafs land and everything that, you know, he was one of those that sure with, well, in particular, like with Leafs and everything. Yeah, you don't care for the sins, but there are those that you got to respect and Alfie was definitely one of them and, you know, was real happy to see him get inducted. Same with Luongo as well, too. I mean, yeah, it is a shame he didn't get a ring and everything, a cup ring, of course, but I mean, Hey, still got that Olympic gold. So still, still a beaut no matter what. And uh, the Sedin twins getting in. It was pretty exciting. I mean, that's another case too. Like it's too bad. Same with like Luongo. They weren't able to get a ring and everything, but I mean, stuck around through thick and thin with the Canucks. And I mean, when do you ever see, at least in my personal opinion nowadays, a lot of players sticking around with like one club for a good chunk of their career and everything. It doesn't happen that, that often, in my personal opinion, unless you're like a real franchise, you know, player and whatnot. So yeah, no. And I mean, they were wicked back in the day and I remember good 
good number of uh, nights, you know, watching like hockey in Canada and just watching the West games, even though I had no investment whatsoever, but anytime, you know, Canucks were on, I'm thinking, Ooh, steam twins are going to be playing. Okay, cool. So yeah, no, well-deserved, well-deserved. So those are my thoughts. Three former Vancouver Canucks. Love it. Luongo and the Sedins. Um, love to see them going in together. They were a long time part of that Vancouver Canucks core that did so well for so many years. It is a shame they didn't win a cup, but they were so long. Um, Daniel Alfredson, always cool. Very, very good player for a long, long time. Ottawa Senators legend. Totally deserves it. There are other, two others. Um, one just pops to them. Herb Carnegie was also elected to the Hall of Fame. He was a black hockey player, one of the, one of the first one of the first of not many, to be completely honest, um, Enrika Salonen, female from Finland. And the reason that female Finnish hockey is so big and the reason that they do so well is because of Rika Salonen. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Each, each of these players in their own way deserve uh, to come in there. You know, the Sedins came in together in a, what will in a way we'll never see again with the draft uh, and trade. Um, and if you haven't listened to the story of how that came to be, you need to, to go search that online. It's very, very fascinating. Will never happen again. Uh, you know, Luongo, whether you, you like the Canucks or not, it was hard to hate him. He's become a, a specialty on social media. Uh, you know, a legend in Canadian hockey um what what can you say about Alfie being a Sens fan he's he's meant so much to the organization you talk to the guy uh he'll make you feel special and he'll make the conversation seem like it's an hour when it's just maybe a minute uh like Charles said a big proponent of mental health um shoot his brother's a firefighter in Ottawa so just a family of of good people and um yeah, nothing, nothing bad to say about anyone who uh, was voted in. So that is our halfway through point. We are now heading to the Metropolitan Division. In the Metropolitan Division, uh, we have some feisty teams. We have Carolina, Columbus, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. This is going to be a lot of teams in contention for those three spots what do you think will happen with the metropolitan well this division is beyond stacked there's four or five very very good teams here but a lot of them are also facing a massive question mark so it's kind of a crapshoot actually far more than it has been in recent years the rangers the reigning you know uh well, they, they pretty much became kings of that division when they knocked out uh, Pittsburgh and then they knocked out uh, Carolina. So reigning champs of that division, can their youth take the step forward? I think they're misusing Alexi Lafreniere. They have him too far down most of the time playing all the third line minutes. This guy's a top line winger. He's got to play higher up in the lineup. You're actually going to get a lot out of him. So they have an embarrassment of riches there that they're almost wasting good talent. Capo Caco has not lived up to his billing so far. 
So he's going to take a big step forward this year, or he's probably going to get traded. You know, um, Kenji said, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko, hot take, will be traded midseason. It wouldn't surprise me to see Capo Caco get traded either, long before the deadline. If he's going to get traded, it'll be in December. So watch out for that there. Of course, the, Rain- the Rangers have the, probably the best goalie in their division in, in uh, Shesterkin. Uh, he was the single reason why they went as far as they did last year. Single biggest reason. Yes, the Rangers have a good defense. They have enough offense to, you know, for, for years. But Shesterkin stole the show most nights. Regular season and playoffs, he stole the show. So he, they will go as far as he can take them. Plain and simple. Pittsburgh did the unthinkable that we all, all three of all, all four of us here and everybody else, no one saw it coming that they were going to be able to keep the core intact. We all thought at least one of Malkin or Otang was going to wind up walking at the end of the year to UFA. Somehow, magically, that didn't happen. Plus, they re-signed Rust and they got into kept Jeff Carter. So their top six is fucking phenomenal. They've got enough offense to keep up. Can Latang keep it going on the back end? Can Christian Jari, you know, not get hurt? Can can they keep, can he stay healthy and produce? Uh, I, I thought that was a a very tough uh, spot putting him in last year and the playoffs coming in cold and, you know, having the Penguins season end there. Washington's missing their big enforcer who also scores goals and Tom Wilson. Uh, they're missing a couple other players too. All eyes are on Ovechkin. Can he catch the great one in, in all in goals for a career? So everyone's going to be gunning to stop him. They don't want to be part of history. Yes. He's still a couple years away, but you don't want to get him any closer on, off your own back. So question marks there. And can, does Washington have a goalie now? Do they have a goalie in Kemper? Um, you look at New Jersey, great youth, great steps forward they're taking. Can their goaltending stay healthy and actually give them a chance some nights? They haven't, they legit haven't had healthy, solid, reliable goaltending in 10 years. So that's, that is going to be the question mark there until proven otherwise. They've got the defense. They've got enough firepower. And they've got enough speed to keep up with anybody in the league. Goaltending is going to be what sinks them. Or keeps them afloat, one or the other. The Islanders, I, I, I liken them to Dallas and Winnipeg. You've got something, but what? What do you have? They stood pat. Really, they didn't make any big changes this offseason. So they think, obviously, they think their team is good enough to run it back. After going to back-to-back Eastern finals, they think that they're good enough to run it back and go against the heavyweights. I don't think they come close. I think this season is going to be a bit of a harsh reality for them, that they're going to realize that, oh, shit, we need to rebuild. We're not good enough. So it's going to be some painful, a painful season in Long Island. Uh, you know, you look at a few, you look at Columbus. They scored Johnny Gaudreau in free agency in a surprise of the decade. I know the decade is, isn't even a third old, and we're talking about surprise of the decade. I think that is going to still, when, when we sit back here in 2030, Looking back at the 20s, I mean, what was your surprise? Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus will be the still among the top of the list. So, but they have Gaudreau, they have Line A. They don't have any good number one centers down the middle. They have a bunch of guys who are number two and three centers. So, yeah, and I'm not sold on a goaltending. I'm not sold on anything else but that team. They're going, they'll be entertaining. 
but again, they're not going to, they're going to be, they might even be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. I don't think they're that good. I I think that their offense is there. The rest of the team isn't. (coughs) Excuse me. Carolina got better and worse. You know, they went out and picked up Brent Burns for defense. They picked up Matt Pacioretty, who will now miss about half the year with with an Achilles injury. So, yeah, they got better. They'll get reinforcements when some of the guys who are injured come back. I know I'm droning on about teams in here. I'm sorry, guys, but honestly, it's going to come down to, I think, the same three teams. I know Justin will ask us later on for our, for our predictions, but I'm going to say it here and now. In some particular order, Carolina, the Rangers, and the Penguins are still going to be the teams to beat in that division based on how the injuries and how the teams are looking this year. Not far off what I think. Um, the Islanders, they really need to figure out what they are. I don't think they're a defensive team like Barry Trotz has them kind of stuck in. So I think that's holding them back. He needs to let those guys play. Anders Lee used to be a 40-goal scorer. Matt Barzell is a 100-point player. He needs to let them go. Oh, he's not there anymore. Philadelphia? Philadelphia? When I did, yeah, when I did a bunch of fantasy drafts, I stayed away from their players. Not going to be good. Not at all. New Jersey, I think, takes a step forward. Jack Hughes is going to be better. They were able to sign a few other players. They're going to be a step forward. I'll say that. The Rangers, they are going to be good this year. They're young players. Again, they should take a step. No issues with the Rangers. Pittsburgh? is going to be Pittsburgh. Um, they still have their big three. They kept them together. Crosby, Malkin, Latang. I don't think they're going anywhere. Washington, they've got some big injuries. Tom Wilson being out is a big deal. Yeah. He's an enforcer for that team. He scores goals. He gets assists. He contributes kind of everywhere. Missing him is a big deal. Nick Backstrom's also gone. Also a big deal. Your top line center, don't care who you are. When you lose your top line center for any team, not good. Washington is going to struggle this year. Um, Questions in net as well. Can Kemper be that guy? I don't know. Columbus, I'm interested in. I, For me, Columbus is one of these bipolar teams. I feel like on paper... They have all the skill in the world, but when it comes nice, I don't think it's going to translate. Not right away. I think Columbus is going to struggle to start the year, but then eventually figure it out. Maybe getting into a wild card spot, maybe not. It's hard to say. It's going to depend how the defense and the goaltending on that team goes. Carolina, Carolina is going to be good. I think just based on the fact of how well they've done the last few years and the fact that their young players continue to take steps every single year. I think Carolina is going to be a good team this year. So, yeah, for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for my uh, kind of predictions here, I mean, honestly, I, I find out of every, every division in the league, this one's going to be really, really nice and competitive to watch my personal opinion. I mean, you got, Rangers coming in who honestly they were one of the bigger surprises for me in the postseason last year making all the way to the conference finals I mean I didn't expect them to go that far and 
And I mean, to take two full game sevens is, you know, basically get as close as they could to the Covenant thing. I mean, I didn't think it was going to necessarily last. I've seen this movie before with teams who go full sevens. And then once they really get a little bit too deep, sometimes it's too little too late, but I'm sure they're going to be definitely, definitely building up on that surprise run for this year. So I'm real excited to see them and Carolyn as well, too. I mean, yeah, they got saw, you know, got taken out in a bit of a heartbreaker with Seth Rangers, <laughs> but, uh, no, they'll they'll still be they'll still be uh, competitive and good again. Uh, let me think of any others. Uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> gangs all still together and everything, and yeah, they they're still making post uh, playoffs and everything. For me, it's like watching Cardinals and MLB and everything. You think they're gonna be done and everything, but they'll find some magic pixie dust and they'll get back into the swing of things again like they normally do. So. <laughs> So yeah, they'll they'll remain competitive again as well too. Washington, honestly, I mean, how many times are we gonna see them bow out in the first round again and again and again? It's just like if 2018 wasn't a thing for them or anything, it'd just be that. Or well, before then, not even making it past the second round. So it just makes me wonder just how long can they continue doing this and everything? And you know, everyone's getting older as well, too, particularly Ovechkin and all. Uh much of a you know, star he is and everything. I mean, you can make the same case with Pittsburgh as well, too, but I digress. Anyway, <laughs> um, Philly, yeah, I don't really see going too far. I mean, last year was a bit of a disaster for them. Same with Islanders as well, too. I, I don't I don't see them really going far myself either. I think last year definitely, I mean, a lot of things set them back from last year and everything, COVID and all. But I, I definitely still, I don't, I don't see them really going far myself either. Uh, Jersey, yeah, I can see them making a bit of a step forward. They've been making some steps here and there as seasons have progressed and all. And uh, yeah, Columbus, yeah, I always find, yeah, kind of like you, Kenzie, as well too. I always find them pretty bipolar and everything. I don't really expect them to do much or anything. And then before you know it, they end up going on a not necessarily like a huge, huge run, like say like Rangers, but They'll give at least some team a, team a bit of a start in postseason or playoffs. I mean, so yeah, I find I can go either way with them. I, I think you actually hit the, the nail right on the head there, Paul. We were talking about Pittsburgh. They're going to find pixie dust somehow. Uh, the proverbial fountain of youth or whatever it is, they're going to they'll find something, and they're going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins that we have known for half our lives now for the last sixteen freaking years. Uh, but no, I, that. Very well said on there, buddy. Um, one thing there, Kenzie, I'm not sure if you heard me. Barry Trotz isn't in, Nashville, in Long Island anymore. He stepped away from coaching. They've got their assistant from last year. Now they're head coach. So That's right. No more Eggman. That's yeah. right. I did know that. I forgot. And if he's the assistant, it's the same style, Yeah. in my opinion. It could be the same system. So seeing them being defensive – it's not their style. It shouldn't be their style. They've got the they've got the skill to run and gun, and that's what the Islanders should do. And I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Uh, and really, does a defensive style work in, in this day and age in the NHL? Postseason, you can play a little bit defensive and get away with it because the space tightens up. But regular season, defensive style doesn't really work too well anymore. It depends who you are. I was going to say, yeah, it's all like speed and skill really nowadays. And then once playoffs comes in, then defense. But yeah, I digress. Sorry. I I throw out a team like Nashville. 
who just plays defense all the time since they've come into the league. So, and somehow they still hang around. The first 10 years of their existence, yes, but lately, no, they're, they're becoming a little more run and gun the last few years since uh, just before the pandemic. They, they've become a little, not totally. So, no, you're, you, I'll give you partial correct, partial bark mm-hmm. there, but they, they aren't quite as uh, defensively minded as they usually are. It's like very much defense by committee, but they counterattack so perfectly. I blame McDavid and the speed. just the speed of some of these guys that you just have to do the same thing because it works I don't know if enough words can ever be written about how fast and how amazing Connor McDavid is at the speeds he plays at Just we could talk for hours on that alone absolutely very yes (laughs) legend says he put out a fire just by skating by you know just (laughs) blanket believable (laughs) Whoosh. <laughs> what is, is Connor McDavid the new Chuck Norris? <laughs> Depends who you ask. So it's you know the Metropolitan has always been that that division where everyone's like, oh, it's always the same teams. Well, that's because the same teams have had consistency and built their teams to be winners. Um, but you see that slight change. You know, Carolina's the favorite to to win the division. Um, you know, can the Rangers keep up to what they were last year? Uh, you know, all indications say yes. And you can never count out Pittsburgh when they have their three. It's like when you have one of their three on fantasy in a keeper league, you, you have to, you can't not keep one because they keep producing. And it's, you know, there's going to be a time where they retire or they, they fall off, but you just you can't so it's you know i don't know if washington's gonna have that oomph i think they're gonna be just outside but they're gonna be playing to get as many goals of etchkin's way as possible i think that's that could be the goal not a goal that you're gonna say obviously to anyone but i think that's a secret team goal this season is just get as many to Ovechkin as possible and see what happens. And, you know, if that produces a few wins their way and puts them in contention, they could be uh, in a contention for a wild card spot. But I don't see them pressing for a top three. Uh, Charles, you already gave us your top three. Uh, my top three are the exact same. Um, Paul or Kenzie, uh, do you have a different top three or is it a consensus one, two, three for the Metropolitan? Oh, it's consensus for me. <laughs> yeah, It'll be close. <clears throat> I was just going to say, yes, I would say it would be uh, the same for me as well. I didn't, I didn't think there'd be a lot of contention, but uh, just, uh, just wanted to make sure, make sure it your seems voices... to be, it seems for honestly it's okay to double check always good to check and make sure everything's all right (laughs) and now we head to our favorite division uh maybe not uh your yours the listeners but this one is going to be a doozy uh i think for the first time in a little bit it's going to be 
as competitive as the Metropolitan Division. We have Boston, Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, Montreal, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. What kind of a slugfest division do you all think this is going to be this year? Well, two things first. To quote the legendary uh, Bruce Buffer, it's time. Uh, as we finally get to the meet, we, we, you know, Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada, and we just had a huge helping of turkey and, pot- and potatoes and meat, and now we're getting a second helping with the Atlantic Division tonight, boys and girls. Uh, this is going to be a slugfest, kind of like McGregor Merriweather. It is going to come out flying. No one's no one's going to be feeling each other up for a round or two. They're going to come out slugging at each other from the opening puck drop. We are treated to Montreal, Toronto the oldest and best rivalry in sports. The hell with Packers, Bears, the hell with anybody else. Leafs, Canadians is the best rivalry known to mankind. Besides the Leafs in the first round. Uh, so, sorry. <laughs> I had to. Had to, sorry. Um, it's going to come out opening night. We're going we're gonna to be treated to a lot of good matchups. Tampa finally isn't the anointed crown. For the first time in a long time, because they finally, the, the cap has finally caught up to them because it's been flat for a couple of years because of the, the economic issues of the pandemic, which in a few years, hopefully will just be an unpleasant memory. But finally, they, they, they had to trade Ryan McDonough, who may not be the top end flight pairing he once was in New York, but was incredibly valuable to them on, on the second and third pairings in Tampa Bay for the last couple of years. Very, very key to their Stanley Cup uh, runs. They lost Andre Palat, who was their their clutch, clutch big-time scorer. When they needed a goal, and if Stamkos and Kucherov were being heavily watched, everyone forgot about Andre Palat. He would just swoop in and score a big goal, and it would shift the momentum of a game or win the game, depending on what, what point we were at. And Tampa finally doesn't have – I mean, they still have a great team. You still have Sam Coase. You still have Kucherov. Still have Braden Point. Nick Paul, who was the hero of the Tampa-Toronto series last year, is still there and is going to be there for a while. They still have Victor Hedman on the back end. They still have Andre Vasilevsky in net. They have a solid team still. You can't take it away from them. They're going to be in the playoffs, but you can't just hand them the division in October. It's not theirs to lose anymore. Florida took a sideways step to me. Maybe even a slight step back because... They traded their number two defenseman for Matthew Kachuk. They, Kachuk, Goudreau, and, and uh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, Kachuk and Huberto, I, I think, wash out a little bit in terms of what you're going to get. You get a little more sandpaper from Kachuk, but in terms of points and goals, you're going to get roughly the same from both players. So offensively, I call it a wash. Uh, but what he brings that Huberto didn't have was sandpaper. So that will change the dynamic up front for the Panthers. But none of their big acquisitions last year stayed. Ben Sherratt left to go to Detroit. Claude Giroux went to Ottawa. They traded away Uyghur to Calgary, along with Huberto. Is Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky the answers in net? Can they actually put it together? Because they have so much money invested in goaltending there, over $10 million in the cap invested in those two guys. And they've got to be able to carry that team. And Way too often, it has shown that they can't. They've got to find lightning in a bottle. They've got to be able to put it together and carry them. That way, you know, 
the spotlight sort of comes off them a little bit. Maybe it goes to Barkoff and Kachuk because I don't think the Panthers are as deep as they seem to be. They look deep on paper, but they don't look too deep up front. I think Anthony, Anthony Duclair is still going to miss a third to half of the season with his injury that he suffered. There's 30 goals from last year gone that they can't be easily be replaced. So they're in a tough bind. So I think the Panthers are taking a bit of a step back. They might squeak in as a wildcard team. I can, I can see that and be scary come playoff time. Boston, not the big bad Bruins they once were. You don't have Nathan Horton, Neon Lucci, Jadeno Chera, on and on and on. Bergeron's turning 37, if not, if not has just turned 37 years old. David Krejci comes back from one year in the Czech, playing in the Czech Republic, or Czechia now, excuse me, and now playing back number two center. But they're missing McAvoy, they're missing Marchand, and they're missing Matt uh, Grzelecki. I believe as well, all for an extended period, at least two months each. Everyone, everyone knows Marshawn's got he's, he's, he's got antics. You know, he's a bit of an instigator, yada yada yada. But he scores thirty goals a year. McAvoy's your your one PP quarterback. That's hard to replace. And as really the tandem of Allmark and um, Swanson, the tandem and net you really can go with. Is that really a top end talent that can? keep you guys afloat? I don't think so. I think the Bruins are taking a big step back this year, which now leads into the teams who have been rebuilding and retooling to take a monstrous step forward. Yes, Toronto's there. They've got the offense. We all know this. 60-goal man Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Willie Nylander. They've got the offense to run and gun with Colorado and anyone else in the league. The defense... Did get a little better. They went, they kept Giordano. They got him at the deadline last year. They kept him. So you still have Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, their stud. You've got TJ Brody. You've got Mark Giordano. Now you add in, well, he's hurt, but Jordy Ben. He's hurt right now, but he, he brings a snarl to the back end of the Leafs. Haven't had probably 15 years. 15 years since we've seen a guy with that kind of snarl. We've talked about quite a few teams. Their question is goaltending, and that's the least biggest goaltending. Does Matt Murray recapture his Pittsburgh form, or is he still the Ottawa Matt Murray? Is Elias Amsonov a capable backup who can step in and take the reins if Matt Murray decides to shit the bed? The Leafs are going to have goaltending questions until they prove they don't have, don't have goaltending questions. Their big question still resides, can they win a playoff round? And I think Kyle Dubas' job will hinge on that. They don't win it this year. He's getting the axe because that's pretty much what Shanahan said subtly in the offseason. No contract extension until you win a playoff round. Ottawa and Detroit and Buffalo. Ottawa dominated headlines all summer long. You gave up draft picks for Alex to bring at a 40 goal scorer. You didn't have to give any of your prize prospects away. Pure larceny on Pierre Dorian's part there. That alone would win you the summer. Oh, yeah, wait, we went and got Claude Giroux, too. What a great signing by the, by the Ottawa Senators. Great to help Timmy Stutzel in the faceoff circle and to mature as a centerman. They traded for Cam Talbot. He got hurt with a broken rib. He's going to miss a month. Sucks for Ottawa. A couple of decent goalies. I don't think they're as deep as they used to be. But having Forsberg in net, they're still going to be competitive most nights. Ottawa, look for them. since, And they also locked up pretty much every core piece that they have. 
for long-term deals. I don't know anyone, any Sens fan I've talked to in this area, nobody can recall the last time they spent this much money in an offseason and did this much. It's been never happened before to see this much movement. Look for the Senators to take a monstrous leap forward. Yes, they have questions. They're still trying to get Jacob Tuchurin out of Arizona. Their defense isn't quite as sexy as you'd want it to be. That can be overcome if they play a good puck possession game. So look for Ottawa to make a massive step forward in my mind. Detroit will take a step forward this year. They've got the reigning Calder Trophy in Mo Snyder. God, that, that kid is great on the back end. They've got their goaltending fixed up. Billy, Hus- Billy Husso is in the net now. They, they picked up a lot of veterans to help lead the young guys along. First time forever that we've seen David Perron sign a contract other than St. Louis. Uh, they picked up Ben Schrott to help on the back end. So Detroit will be a far improved team. Buffalo, a lot of good young kids. Looking forward to seeing Tower Power there on the back end in Owen Power. Really could help solidify their defensive end. Goaltending still a question. Do they have enough offense to keep up in the league? Still a question. Buffalo will be entertaining as hell to watch all year long. And then, uh, you know, there is the jersey that I have to be wearing tonight for uh, my Canadian de Montreal. Uh Going to be, well, can't get much worse than last year was. My God, did we ever suck. And that hurts me to say that. Got the news today that four of the young guys are going to be starting the season. Slavkovsky, Harris, Caden Goulet, who I swear to God is going to be one of the best defensemen in five years, in the next five years. He will be a, a reoccurring Norris finalist year after year. I'll take here. You heard it first five years time, guys. He will be consistently on that ballot. Up front, we're not small anymore. The knock against the Montreal Canadiens going back 20-plus years has been how small they have been up front, except the, the third and fourth lines were big guys, but didn't have any scoring guys who were big. Salkowski, six foot four, two, weighs in at 230 pounds, put on 15 pounds since draft night. Josh Anderson, Kirby Dock, Sean Monahan, all these guys are well over six feet tall. Suddenly the Montreal Canadiens aren't going to, you can't just push them around anymore. Plus, now, Cole Caulfield blossomed under Marty St. Louis. Scored at a 40-goal pace playing under Marty St. Louis. Look for him to take another step forward in his development. Nick Suzuki was just named captain. He has a lot of developing to do as a leader. But it can be done. I I said this about the Vancouver Canucks, and I'll say this again about the Montreal Canadiens. They played at a great pace under Marty St. Louis, given all that went on last year. Once he took over, they played at a much better playing clip. They won a lot more. Can they sustain that over a full season now, now that the teams are ready for them? They know what they're going to get. They know how they're being coached. Can St. Louis adapt to the league as it adapts to him? Constant chess match, both players and coaches who are new. Same goes for the young players. They're going to be facing competition that they haven't seen all through junior and all through training camp. And now they're facing Nathan McKinnon, they're going to face Stamkos, they're going to face Matthews, they're going to face Jack Eichels, they're going to face, you know, pick your top-end players off every team. You haven't seen that much top-end talent come at you your whole career. Can they handle it? So Montreal will take a step forward, but it will not be a step forward to the boards of the playoffs. It'll just be a good developing year. So sorry, Havisland, it hates me. I hate to say this too. Canadians are going to be on the outside looking in come April, but they won't be 
at the bottom of the league. They will have taken a step forward there. All right, I'll give it a go. Our favorite division, the Atlantic. Um, I'll start with the Ottawa Senators. The summer of Pierre Dorian. Well done, Ottawa. Um, they've put some good pieces in place. Alex DeBrinket, Claude Giroux, as previously mentioned. Um, I, I do also think that Ottawa is going to take a monster leap forward this year. Um, it's, it's hard to deny that. They filled every hole that they needed. Almost. Yeah, minus one. Oh, minus getting a defenseman. They filled every hole that they needed. Goaltending is a bit of a question, but that forward group is going to take a leap forward, and that's going to help Ottawa all together. Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. Still going to be a good team. Still going to be a playoff team. I have them in my top three, but they will take a step back. They are not winning the division. I don't have them winning the division this year. Um, Detroit is one of those other teams. They had a lot of cap space this offseason, and I think they are also going to take a big leap forward. Maybe not in a playoff position, but definitely competitive for a wild card. Definitely, definitely a big step forward. Boston is going to be Boston. Barring the injuries, I think if those guys can come back healthy, Boston will see a big increase in the second half of the season after Christmas. Once they get Marshawn, once they get McAvoy, I think they'll be okay. They may have to fight their way in, but I think they're going to be okay. Buffalo, I should, we should see them take a step forward too. Some of the rookies that have come in, Owen Power, Jack Quinn, should help them take that step forward. I don't think it's the team in Buffalo that you used to see. The losing culture, the, oh, woe is us. They look like they want to win now. They're done screwing around. I, I can see Buffalo also taking a step forward. Toronto is going to be Toronto. I got them winning the division. Hands down, best team in the division. Austin Matthews is going to take another step forward, which is scary. Mitch Marner is going to take another step forward, which is scary. I think they're going to actually win a playoff round this year. As much as they've not done so in the past, I think this year they get one of those one of those wild card teams for winning the division, and they pull it off. Hot take, maybe, but just based on pure hockey, I guess impartiality, they are a good team. I do see them wanting it. I see Austin Matthews turning into an Ethan McKinnon. Not so much, but saying, boys, let's go. Let's go get this playoff round. So I think they win a playoff round this year. Florida takes a step back. You can't tell me losing Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger to get Matthew Kachuk makes you a better team. It makes you a grittier team. It makes you a tougher team. But you lost your top, one of your top four defenders on top of a guy that scores 100 points. I don't see... I, I've, I've never understood the rationality behind that trade. So Florida takes a step back, especially because the two guys they got rid of signed long-term. Huge loss, huge loss. And here we go. The Montreal Canadiens. 
Unfortunately, like Charles, I don't think they're going to be good. This is not their year. They're not going to be the worst team in the league. I think that's just Chicago and Arizona, maybe even San Jose. Taking a small step forward, yes, I can see that for Montreal. I still see them finishing eighth in the division, unfortunately. The teams ahead of them have all taken steps or are just still too good. Um, It is exciting to see, as of today, earlier this afternoon, um, that four rookies have made the team. Slavkovsky, which is great to see. First round pick, first overall. Love to see him making it. Um, Jordan Harris should be a good defender for a long, long time in the NHL. No matter where he is, Montreal or otherwise, he should be a good defender. Um, Arbor Jackeye, probably my favorite of the four. The guy I've heard compared to Radko Gudis. Complete psycho, complete absolute lunatic, but has the better offensive upside than Radko Gudis. He will still make a smart play and maybe not commit a homicide every night. That line I'd like to throw out to uh, Locked On podcast hosts, Scott Matla and Morris Saba from Locked On Canadians. That was the Scott Matla line. So thank you, Scott. Yeah. And then the last one, Caden Gooley, our first pick, first round pick from a few years ago. The kid looks good. He seems to have found his two-way style. Um, back playing in the WHL when he was a prospect, he was known as a goon. He was just going to hit you. He was going to mess you up in the corner. You weren't going to get around him. When he got traded to the Oil Kings, he seems to have found his offensive stride, turning him into a two-way defender. If he can continue on the path that he's continued on, whoa. Hearing Charles earlier saying he's a Norris-caliber defenseman, yes, he could be if he continues on this track. The only questions moving ahead for Montreal into the future, just I'll go there a little bit, um, is the goaltending. The defense seems to be set long-term with all the kids that we have. The forwards, they're coming into their own. You've got your Nick Suzuki. You've got your Cole Caulfield. It looks like he can score 40 goals very soon. You've got Slavkovsky progressing. You've got Owen Beck. You've got all these other young players in the pipeline that the questions are in net now for Montreal. Who is our long-term goaltender? Caden Primo got sent back today. He doesn't seem to be the answer. Jake Allen's not getting any younger. Samuel Montembeau is at best a backup. Who minds the net? That's the big question for Montreal. I think the Atlantic Division is going to be quite interesting this year and maybe one of the closest in the NHL with all those other teams taking a step towards the teams that are already good. With the Tampa Bay taking a step back, does somebody like Detroit sneak in? Who knows? I'm, I'm excited to watch this division. That's, that's all I've got. Yeah, what, what can I say about the Atlantic and everything? I mean, <clears throat> some of the teams that uh, have already been mentioned, like, I mean, I'll, I'll start off with the one that I was personally kind of surprised with. Um, do I think they're going to go far in the division? No, but they are going to make some step forwards. It's Buffalo, honestly. I mean, my God, uh, last year, sure, didn't make it in or anything, but probably one of their best, like, um, winning percentage in about, <clears throat> what would it be, about, 
10 years or so or 10 seasons at least i mean finally they have some hope over <laughs> over near lake erie over there so i mean they'll they'll make you know they'll make a step forward they won't go far but you know i'd say you know they definitely have something to build upon on and I mean, the Habs, uh, yeah, the less said about last year, the better. It was a disaster. But then once St. Louis came in, I mean, hey, things looked pretty decent towards the tail end. And, you know, can definitely build upon that. I mean, do I see them going farther? No. But, you know, can only go anywhere, but you know, ex- except up. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Who, who else? Uh, D- Detroit, I mean. Yeah, I can definitely see going forward as well, too. Maybe not getting in either, but I mean, with Stevie Y and everything, I mean, you know, he's working his magic slowly but surely. And uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> the Leafs. <laughs> uh, well, we already know the thoughts already with them. But honestly, I'm, I'm kind of like Kenzie. I think finally for once, they're finally going to get the monkey off their back and finally get through the first round and probably about in the second, probably. But <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, just from being, you know, near Leafland and everything. I mean, you know, you know, some people are, you know, planning the parade route like they usually do along Young Street. And it's like, wait until you get to April. But honestly, I mean, with all the good pieces that they do have, you know, like with Matthews and Nylander and whatnot, I mean, I think they'll definitely finally for once get the monkey off their back my personal opinion as well too in getting through the first round so uh tampa yeah i mean it was a good run while it lasted though i think they're now starting i think we're now starting to see that they're well mortal a little bit they'll still be competitive but they're they're definitely going to be not quite the force that they were in the past few seasons and everything florida i uh, i just kind of wonder with them like are they after, you know, taking it on the chin last year and everything, or should I say to the strip club? Um, like <laughs> that wasn't, I knew they were done when that happened. I was like, I've seen this movie before. You guys are done and checked right out. So, I mean, they got, they got taken out with, you know, one simple fact playoff experience. They didn't have any compared to Tampa. So I, I just kind of wonder, I mean, after taking it on the chin, are they going to brush it off and, you know, get, get back into, you know, being competitive and whatnot, or are they going to take a step back forward? I, I just, I, I, I do kind of wonder with them to be completely honest. Uh, who else? Who else? Boston. Yeah. Well, Cora's getting a little older. I mean, they'll be competitive or anything though. I think it'll be definitely by skin in their teeth a little bit. And then there's Ottawa, which, Oh, what a summer that was. Oh my God. They were definitely champions of the offseason and everything. I mean, particularly when I heard about Giroux and everything, I was like, oh my God, really? Wow. So yeah, I can definitely see them making quite a bit of noise there too. So I'd be real excited to be watching them. So we shall see. I mean, I don't know. Compared to the Metro, I find the Metro just a little more exciting personally. But I mean, the Atlantic, I mean, you never, my personal opinion, you don't, um, discredit whatsoever it's still an entertaining division nonetheless you know all of them really just some more a little more than others same goes with baseball let's be honest so yeah (laughs) what one thing just to throw in there from ottawa and montreal they played each other four times this preseason in a very short stretch and ottawa took every game and with a couple times we had the lead late and they came back and battled 
three out of the four went extra time. The Ottawa Senators looked good. They were fast. They had great puck possession, great puck retrieval. And that's key for a lot of teams. So the season's puck retrieval, not just when you dump and chase, but when you can steal it from the opposition in their own defensive zone. Ottawa did phenomenal. Can't take, can't say enough about what they did. So when we're saying they're going to take a step forward, I'm going to stay, I'm going to take one step further. And we'll talk about this in a second. When we talk about our predictions, they are going to take a massive leap forward in how they play the game. I mean, you guys extensively went into it. Um, just give, I'll give it kind of once over. I think there are some teams that are going to, everyone's going to be decent. But Buffalo is not going to be the, the stomping mat that it once was. They have, I mean, hopefully for their fans, uh, they've been through a lot. Um you know, same thing with Detroit. They're they're finally clicking and putting stuff together. Um, Boston, everyone's kind of curious to see what Boston will show up. Will they? Is this kind of the last? I don't want to say hurrah before it's like, oh, like, do we need to think about our future, or are they just gonna keep going until they they can't anymore? You know. Florida, I've seen so many people predict Florida make it to the finals and even some people picking them to win, which at first I thought Florida was like you kind of off, you know, they're, they took a step back. I, I don't know what they're seeing versus what we see. Maybe they have secret information that we don't get to see, but so many writers are, are saying Florida to win the division when the Eastern conference head to the finals, they have even some beating, uh, you know, teams like Colorado and Calgary in the finals. So I'm not sure what really they are seeing. Um, I think they, they take a step back. Uh, and then you have, you got the rest, you got, Montreal, which I, I agree is not a playoff team yet, but they have they have a stable coach. They have the young talent that will get loads of experience this year. And I, I think they'll they won't finish last and they will fight to see how high they can go. Then you have Tampa. Tampa is expected to be there. Toronto is expected to be there. And then you get uh, Monekip. Uh, of course, I can't sound too much like a homer, but you guys have done an eloquent job explaining what went on this summer. The people, the team, the the mentality, which is so big for a start of a team at the year at the beginning of the year. The you know, like you said, they've Ottawa has only had one home in Ottawa preseason game. The rest of the games have been on the road, even though they might have been the home team. They have traveled to Gander. They have traveled to New Brunswick to play games. They've traveled to Toronto and Montreal to play games. And I think even Winnipeg at one point. So, you know, this can be a good bonding moment because you're on the road just together and you use that time to come together and I think this is going to be a hell of a season. 
Um, am I crazy enough? Like some of the writers to say that Toronto won't even make the playoffs, not even a wild card, which um, you know, we'll, we'll save our bold predictions. Um, but uh, I am going to predict that we will have uh, Toronto not winning uh, the division and Toronto not winning a first round matchup because we will have a battle of Ontario in the first round. We will have a two, three matchup where it'll be Toronto and Ottawa. And I think this is going to be a season that will build up to that. You want storylines. I think, I think this NHL season will be full of storylines. Now we have already had some not so good storylines come out to start the season, uh, which we, we won't touch on, but uh, I think the on ice action will lead to many storylines in each division and fans of this game will be the ones who benefit. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth for, for a playoff battle there, Justin, but I'm going to do you one better. I have the Leafs winning the, the division. I think Tampa's taken, they've lost just enough that they can't keep up a Toronto for, for 82 games. The best of seven, sure. For 82, they won't be able to. Florida will take a step back. It'll still be the same three teams who win the top three spots in the division. Toronto, then Tampa, then Florida. But here's where, I'll t- here's where it gets a little bolder because we were talking about wild cards. There will be two wild cards out of the Atlantic division. I they agree. I think Washington will take too far of a step back, missing uh, Backstrom and Wilson. They won't be able to catch up. It's going to be Detroit and Ottawa. Both those teams are primed for a big one this year. Toronto will face Ottawa as a division winner versus wildcard. Ottawa takes it in six and, and adds to the Leaf misery and gets a measure of revenge for the four years that Toronto made their lives miserable in the playoffs. We've called you Sir Charles tonight. I'm going to call you King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> because that was exactly, exactly my prediction. <laughs> so you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to go bold and say Detroit and Ottawa, but did he do it? Sorry, um, buddy. No, I agree. Um, I do have Toronto winning the division. I think Tampa has taken too far a step back with losing some guys and the cap catching up to them. Um, Toronto didn't get worse. Goaltending is a question, but I think that they can figure that out. They've got two solid goaltenders with some history of being good. One of them will figure it out. Um, for their sake, for they better. Team, I hope it's Samsonov. Just saying. Um, I think, and that's why I think they'll win the division. I think Tampa's taken just a little bit too much of a step back in terms of skill. They've lost a lot of guys just due to cap. So I do think they take a little step back, but not enough to scare anybody. They're making the playoffs. They're finishing second. Um, and then, yeah, past that, I, I agree. Yeah, well, I'll change it slightly, just a little bit here for me personally. But basically the top three for me, yeah, definitely. I can see definitely Toronto, definitely getting division. Followed with Tampa, I also agree that – I feel they're, they're now starting to seem a little more mortal. So I, I, 
but I do see them still being competitive and whatnot. So second for me and Florida, yeah, in third. And I will say, I mean, I will, I, I was kind of thinking Ottawa myself will probably get in as well too this time as a wild card. I think they'll definitely make a step forward. And as much as I want to give Detroit, I don't know. Part of me is just kind of thinking just a little bit, just a little bit that even though, yeah, they are getting up there in age and everything. I mean, they still do find a way to get competitive and whatnot. I think Boston might just edge just a little bit for the second wild card. That's just my kind of personal take personally, but I don't know. I just have that inkling that they'll just find some way like they usually do much to my chagrin. I, I can't stand them either. And, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, uh, when you were mentioning Charles about, you know, halves and lease and everything, I mean, definitely classic rivalry for sure. Though, I mean, back in the day when, Habs and Boons used to see each other. I always, I always found it was far more must-watch TV personally compared to Habs Leafs. My personal opinion, like you always were guaranteed fireworks. I just, I always found it so exciting. Well, you, you, you had some, you had personalities. You had Marshawn and Subban. That pretty much is what set up most of it there. Plus, then you had the incident with Chera breaking Patrick neck in the boards. There was a few instances. So it added some spice to the rivalry for a few years. But in terms of just classic, like, you just say the rivalry, you just mention those two teams, and everyone is captivated. It's Leafs-Habs. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I can attest to it, you know, like, as much as, you know, it's funny. I feel like an outlier is gay, because, I mean, compared to the likes of lacrosse and baseball, I mean, I do enjoy hockey, but not as much as I used to as a kid. And yet, you know, I can't deny it. It is our national winter sport and all that. And, I mean... I can even attest to it when I'm riding the TTC, you know, riding through the subway and I hit up college station. And you see the two murals of, you know, Habs on one side and Leafs on the other. Cause of course, college station is the stop that you go to if you want to hit up the gardens and everything. So, I mean, it's still felt even, you know, after so many years and everything, even with the, the idea of how back in the day, like, and still to an extent and everything. I mean, considering the geographical, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, the, the geographical, like uh, cultural and just um, creative, you know, differences between the two and everything. And, you know, the history being so intertwined and comes down to even, you know, the two teams and everything. So definitely agree with you on that for sure of it being a classic rivalry nonetheless. So, and <laughs> funny with rivalries and everything, everyone talking about Toronto and Ottawa back in the day. Yeah, you guys make me think of elementary now and everything. All the Battle of Ontario's in the early 2000s. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I look back at it now. I always felt kind of bad nowadays that Ottawa always got edged out in seven. But you're always at least guaranteed some fireworks with them. And, I mean, I can still remember, oh, I think it was 2002, that particular run for the Leafs. I mean, they got banged up so much, taking full game sevens as to, like, Islanders and Sens and everything. And then they got serenaded, you know, by – I always like saying this quote, they got serenaded by the brass bonanza with Carolina slash, well, as we know, Harvard <laughs> in six. So, uh, but yeah, I can recall that particular run. It just seemed like one of the few times I can actually kind of remember. Sure. You know, uh, sure. You know, like Leafs still get support and everything, particularly once postseason comes around, like with Maple Leaf Square and all, but I just found that particular one. That felt like the last time that I could recall, you know, ever seeing like, Leafs fever in Toronto, personally, like full, full blown. I mean, it does happen um, at the times that they have gone to the postseason, but it's always been so short. 
But, but that's just it. That was the last time the Leafs went past the second round was 2002. Yep. Uh, so. they, they, missed, they, they didn't do much in 03. They, I think they missed out or they were knocked out in round one. They, uh, it was uh, seven against Philly. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, you know, they knocked out Ottawa in 04, but then they missed the playoffs for nine years. Yep. And 2004, again, it was Philly again after Ottawa, this time in six. Yep. It was a it was an overtime goal, if I recall, as one-timer. I can still remember watching that one. I think it was a double overtime game, too, was it yeah. not? Double, yes, it was double. You're right, you're right. Um, but the, the, the Leafs, they, they haven't had anything to cheer about because it's been, like we said, one and done. They show up for the playoffs. They they stick around for six or seven games, and then they're, they're in their history. So they haven't had much to cheer about in 20 years in Leafland. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as Kenzie – or are you, Paul, saying that the Leafs, this is the year that they might get the monkey off their back? I think that's still a year or two down the line. <laughs> um, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing if it ever happened again. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry. I can't cheer for Toronto under any circumstance. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I give them all the credit in the world with having great talent. With you know, they, they finally built a team that you can be proud of. They're not a bunch of goons. They're not a bunch of slackers. You know, or, or big question marks like we I'll throw a few names here and see what you guys think just by, by your facial reactions. Uh, Ponikarovsky, Coverley, McCabe, um, you know, guys who had so much potential and never quite could live up to it in Toronto. Yeah, and Kenzie, giant question marks, especially with when I said Ponikarovsky. Guy should have been a 40 goal player, should have been 40 goals, especially in today's NHL. He would have been a money, could never put it together playing with Matt Sundin. Um, there, there's a guy who was tragically robbed of the cup. I like as much as I hate Toronto, I would have liked to have seen Sundin win a cup because that guy was just he, he played the game properly. Uh, love that. Oh my God. There's just some guys you just feel for, like yeah. they may play for hated teams, but you just feel for them. I feel like like Ray he played for the hated Bruins forever, but when he won that cup, oh, oh my God. Still good. Goose it was just so satisfying. That, that's such an awesome call to see on, on, you know, through YouTube and everything. You know, after 22 years, you just, oh, and that roar of the crowd. Oh, it was so well-deserved. Yes. Yes. You getting goosebumps. I can tell Charles, I, I'd be the same. I'm the same. Just, those, those montages on YouTube, if you're ever having a down day or want to get excited, you just pop one of those on and it gets you right back in the mood. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. <laughs> uh, there a couple of things. Uh, That's my favorite. Just say yes. <laughs> I just, I just had a couple of things that I was thinking. Of. For me, for players that I always felt bad, but for me, it was the Sidines personally. Yeah. yeah. You just, well, you just wish that they had a ring and everything. And I don't want to go with Will too. I always, I always forget that he was. I mean. I, I do remember him being with Canucks, but I always forget it that he was with them and everything. Cause you know, he went back and forth between them and Florida. It seemed at least from what I was noticing and everything. So for me, I always thought of him more for at least with the, the gold. I mean, scenes, well, you know, yeah, but um, yeah, there was that. And just one last touch on the Atlantic, Justin, you actually said you had Toronto Ottawa as the two, three battle for round one of the playoffs. Um, uh, I've talked with a lot of people here in the city and I did have a chance to talk to uh, one hockey reporter and I pitched a scenario where it's like, is it, is it conceivable 
that Ottawa could sneak in as a third as a third seed in the in the, in the uh, division. And while it was politely said that okay, though a lot of things have to fall just right for Ottawa to happen, it's not really realistic. Uh, Wildcard birth is far more believable, far more probable. Uh, so I should caution any sense man out there, just because Florida's taking a step back a little bit, and Boston's going to take a bit, probably a big step back. Um, I think Detroit's a little further ahead of Ottawa in terms of like a, where they are in a rebuild. Everyone keeps saying that, yet uh, Ottawa's I... got names, but Detroit's got a little bit, a little bit more of a complete team. I. I just, I, I, I think Ottawa is is ahead of a complete I, team, yes, but I just. I'm going to play the devil once tonight. I can see Detroit being there for one reason, Mo Sider. That guy impacts the game in such a unbelievable way for a kid. Um, and I, I, hate, that- and I, I hate comparisons, Nick Lidstrom. 100% agree. 100% agree. That's how he impacts the game. But he's not, he's not compare him to Nick Lindstrom because nobody is Nick Lindstrom. Holy shit. Like, well, but like, he's not overly physical, but he just puts his body and stick in the right position, breaks up yeah. play, disrupts you. I think and it was the offensively point. puts the puck in. Like, and offensively, he's not bad. He's he, yeah, he a defenseman. Many people can be outside of Roman Yossi. The other but, thing is, he's twenty. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I only said uh, Ottawa two three. Just I don't see Toronto winning the division, and that was my way of putting them in <laughs> in a play in a first round match. They either have to win, and Ottawa gets a wild card, or they finish two three. Uh, that. But I don't see Toronto. I, it could happen. I just don't see Toronto winning the division. Um, I think there are lots of behind-the-scenes cap, and that that weight. I, I don't think that they're going to handle the weight. Um, looking at a poll um, of you know potential first firings of coaches. Um, of course, who was high on that list uh so it's i think the weight especially with uh, potentially what just happened over the weekend in another sport that talk is lively in the city uh and we all know the the hot start that happens in leafland and you know usually around november it's when the potential wheels could come off the first big test for them is that month of November. So I think that's a great segue into bold predictions. Do we have any bold predictions that we see may come this NHL season? Uh, I can make quite a few actually, uh, but, and we, we mentioned one already, Ottawa returning to playoffs and winning a round. So that's bold prediction number one, and I think that's probably super bold, but no bolder than this one. The cup throughout this country ends this year. Is that, a bold, is that a bold prediction? 
considering we've gone 30 years without one i think so <laughs> I, I don't know besides the weird florida making it and winning the stanley cup uh by some reporters a lot of them are saying having an edmonton or calgary in the finals uh, and, and some even have them I, either one winning so i don't know if it's that bold uh, here's one from montreal for our montreal canadians cole caulfield <laughs> scores 40 goals uh, i i don't know if this is bold but i think debrinkat becomes the sen's second 50 goal scorer which nets him a large contract uh, in Ottawa next year. Um, um, is, is, is that the second part of your prediction that he resigns as an Ottawa senator, or is yeah. he, he one and done? No, I think I think if all signs lead to them playoffs and even winning a round, I think he can see the potential, uh, especially with you know the cap space. You got a team that's in the right direction not many others are going to shell out and have that team around them especially like you said with all the pieces signed for long term Giroux signed for three years so I, I think it makes sense for him I also have Minnesota not making the playoffs I think that's bolder than, than uh, the Brinkets personally and for a crazy bold prediction uh, which some writers have have put i wasn't going to say this but enough writers made mention uh that toronto the wheels completely fall off and they don't even make the playoffs uh, i just don't see it Ooh, no 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 that, that would take a you know california 8.0 level earthquake causing buildings to collapse kind of collapse for the least just to miss the playoffs uh, but what ha- what happens if you get an Achilles tear, an ACL tear in a Matthews or a Marner? Mix that to- mix that in with poor goaltending. You have to miss both of them because either one could help carry the team. You have you have to have both of them out. Plus, not that I'm trying to pump Leafland's tires. You still got Johnny Tavares. You still got Willie Nylander. You still have Morgan Riley. The defense in front of the goaltending will be decent enough. Question is, now can they, can they can the goaltender stop the, the few pucks that get through to them? That's where the state. That's where the question mark on their goaltending really stems. The twenty or twenty five shots tonight that they're going to face, can they stop all of them? Or can they stop twenty four of them? Kind of thing. Can, can they stop all but one? Now I raise you this though, you can talk all you all their players. If they're so good, how come they can't win around? Come playoff time, those same players. Well, if it can happen, if it can happen, and and San Jose Sharks from the early two thousands, same thing. Great players, great regular seasons, couldn't do shit come playoff time. My my point is, if it can happen in the playoffs, it can happen in the regular season. Well, but the one thing, the playoffs are such a short thing, short animal each series only being two weeks at best you don't have a lot of time to adapt uh you, you saw what happened when the Leafs played the Habs and they lost Tavares game one they never really found their mojo after that but had that had had that been a regular season they would have been just fine they would they wouldn't have really faltered too hard 
So I, I think the regular season is long enough that barring a season ending injury to Austin Matthews and one of Mitch Marner or Morgan Riley in the first month of the year, if two of those three go down in the opening month and they're against, yeah, they're done for the year. There's no chance of them coming back. The Leafs are in big fucking trouble and they could miss the playoffs, but it's going to be, have to be that level of catastrophe to cause that to happen. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> I've seen Toronto collapses or at least watch them like with through highlights and everything over the years and especially being so close, but honestly, like it would have to take like a major, major, major collapse, even for the Leafs. Uh, to, I'm just me personally. <laughs> like I said, it's really bold. Uh, oh, for sure. I just, yeah multiple writers put that Toronto would not. And I'm just trying to think of a scenario where that, like I said, I have them in, in, in my prediction, but just well, the, the media frenzy and everything that would happen if they are even, if they're in a wild card spot come February or March, I think it's, it's going to sound like crisis mode coming out of Toronto. Oh, no intro oh. media? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only way I see it happening is, like, if the goaltending completely implodes. That's it. I think the team in front of the goaltending is just too good for that to happen. But you're taking a risk on both goalies, so who knows? Yeah. It could it, it could happen. There, it, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. I just think it's so unlikely. Like it's one of those where it's like so many bad things. Like the Leafs would have had to have, uh, you know, tugged on Superman's cape or what, what, spit into the wind kind of thing to have such bad things happen to them to miss the playoffs. Just because Boston isn't going to be the big threat they usually are. Tampa and Florida aren't quite as strong as what they were. Tampa really the only challenge to the Leafs really for a long-term season. It, it would take the monumental collapse of collapses for the Leafs to miss the playoffs entirely. Also because of other teams like Washington and the Islanders who are going to take big steps back. Not enough teams taking monumental leaps forward to leapfrog. If the Leafs magically, and I, and I, stress, I stress that word magically, Missed a top three division, they'll still be a wild card team. I, I have a hard time seeing them not making the playoffs at all. But it'd be funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't resist, couldn't resist. I'd be the same. When you serve me up a funny spot. scenario, yeah. If you're going to serve it to me on a platter like that, I'm going to take a shot anyway. Come on. Oh, of course. I mean, my God, as we we're talking about, like, past years they did make it in and made it as farther than the first round i mean last time they did 2004 i was in grade six now i'm in my 30s it's like i'm not getting any younger leaves when are you gonna when is it gonna happen jesus paul you're making me feel old yeah he's even sounding that's only a number (laughs) brother i was graduating high school the last time the leaves won a series oh god (laughs) oh dear yeah Definitely feel it now. <laughs> All right. Any last before the season gets going? I got one more. I did say it earlier. Vladimir Tarasenko gets traded. You got a prediction on, what, on when and where? 
No. I say he gets traded by before New Year's. If he is to be traded, he'll be traded before New Year's. Oh, for sure. The trade deadline for a big name like that is never the the place to trade him. It's always before. So Agreed. it's before it's before the deadline for sure. And I think it's as early as New Year's. He's wanted out for a while. And then I heard he changed his mind. And then I heard he changed his mind. And then I heard he didn't. And the story in my mind is still clouded. And I still think he wants out. There's one more name, one more, one more bold trade that I'm going to say comes down if Boston really falters. Pasternak. He is pissed off as hell that they just up and fired Bruce Cassidy without warning. There was, there was no rumblings of Boston firing him whatsoever, and suddenly the axe came down. Pasternak loved Bruce Cassidy. I don't know if he gave Pasternak special treatment or whatever, I don't know, maybe they were, you know, best buddies off ice, but Pasternak was caught off guard and was on record as being pissed at the firing. Boston falters, he's going to say he wants out and he will be gone. Honestly, I forgot about that firing. Yeah, that was a big surprise. And ugh, yeah, well, I, I can see that. I can see that with Pasternak. It would be a huge blow for the Bruins, but eh. um, for me, honestly, I'm just really glad and excited for the season, to be honest. I mean, particularly for me, I mean, you know, when the when the lockout happened like years, years ago in 2004, 2005, like it really kind of knocked a lot of wind for me and watching and all that. And of course, some of the shorter ones also didn't help either and getting another interest and everything. But then for me, once I started falling a bit of junior hockey, in particular OHL, like with Kitchener Rangers, like, okay, I know, 0-4 start. Yes, I know, season's not all that great right now, but it's October. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, just, it, it's actually kind of rekindled a little bit of interest for me again with hockey. I mean, particularly when I see some graduating players from the league, you know, now playing in the NHL and becoming slowly but surely Either either they have become household names or, you know, they're working towards something like recognizing like Nick Suzuki, Arbor Jack, uh, Marco Rossi, Robertson, just to name a few and everything. Like I'm realizing, hey, I remember you guys. Oh, you guys are good. And oh, now you guys know the big time now. OK, cool. So OHL has definitely helped me in rekindling that. And of course, hearing from you guys and everything and just getting more and more interested in particularly during, you know, playoffs and everything i mean i'm still partial that i still love nlb postseason personally personally but cup playoffs i mean my god it's a grind like it's just absolute you know slugfest for the most part last year's i kind of thought wasn't really quite as exciting but i digress um but it's still honestly like it's just an absolute journey from like april to june and everything so you're always guaranteed a good time so yeah honestly i'm just excited just that the season's gonna be happening and that I'll be following a little bit more than, than usual. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. That is our predictions for this season. Now, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and watch the drama unfold. Let us know what your predictions are this year. Find us on social media, Sports Night Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, please like and share the podcast. Uh, the more that you rate the podcast, the more people listen to it, or so they say. We'll see if that's true. 
and get ready for some more giveaways as we go into the NHL season, the NBA, finishing a baseball, uh, and hold tight. We got lots coming your way. Uh, For Charles, Kenzie, and Paul, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, Go hockey, stay safe, and sport on.